Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. There was a little lull, if you'll recall, in the last show and an encouragement uh, boost that I seem to be lacking. And, you know, you can cut yourself slack and the, the holidays are difficult for all of us. And I had some personal close family problem that came up and like this guy I see in the street all the time every time I go by he's got a sign there and he waves and I've spoken to him and my heart just you know it hurts why can't we get people help but in the end the biggest responsibility we have I think is to protect ourselves to look out for ourselves if we can't function at peak you know, forget peak, if we can't function, we're no good to anybody, including ourselves and all the people that rely on us. Most of us have someone, I hope, that relies on us because that anchors us to something else that we're all anchored to. So, so with all these things and the what's happening to my country just becoming overwhelming. And now we should just jump to the, well, I call it good news because the Democrats, it looks like, are going to pick up as many as 40 seats in the House. So the blue wave was a reaction and the Senate has a bunch of Republicans up next time. And somebody better start paying attention to what's going on because it'll be hard to find a Republican if they keep following Trump. Now, I got to tell you, the last time, and the reports that Trump was going to sit alone with Putin, and that just drove me crazy. And this time he's going to Argentina for uh, another summit of G20 or whatever, and he was supposed to talk to Putin, and I didn't get upset about it because, uh, what can I do? What, what, what can I do about that? So now it turns out that our Russian friends are acting up down in Crimea and um, with the Ukraine next door there, or, you know, that was part of the Ukraine they stole when they annexed it, the Russians, Crimea. Now there's been some naval exchange and three boats were captured and the sailors on these vessels are being you know, contained or confined or whatever they call it. They're not jail or brig or whatever, but they're just in custody, which could be good or bad. And uh, I don't think they want to make that thing too much worse. But still, there's a crisis. And all the games people play, my goodness, uh, some I like. So today, Robert Mueller pulled in and released or brought 
uh, Cohen, Michael Cohen, Trump's personal fix-it lawyer, into court to plead guilty to just one charge of lying about all the stuff that Trump said that he didn't do with the Russia hotel he was trying to build and the continuing things and the dirt and, you know, his having nothing to do with it is not holding up and they're getting really close to cracking on the lies, the perjury in front of the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee that heard testimony from them, called them in, Donald Trump Jr. and all these other guys. And so now they were in a world where, so what, we'll all speak the same and no one will ever catch us or it'll never matter because we're going to win. I don't know. That's almost like thinking I was going to win the $1.6 in the lotto. You want it, but something in your head's got to know that it's a very big, long shot. So the point was that you remember when Trump took off to meet Putin in Helsinki, uh, Robert Mueller indicted or you know laid down a, whatever they call that, an indictment against Russian uh, military intelligence officers, dozen or so, as I recall, you know, there's no chance in getting them to comply and come in and sit for justice. But the fact that he would level those indictments and as Trump was going off to meet Putin and say, here, here's this. Now he does this with Cohen, gets this plea that's open in court about what he lied about saying the president didn't do. And, you know, the wheels are coming off. We've been saying that since, well, I never had any faith in Trump. And when he said the thing about John McCain and there were all these other reports about changing the platform for Russians, and I just thought someone would be on to that. But here we are. So there Trump is in South America awaiting to represent the United States of America and he's just befuddled and bewildered and really all these other world leaders that expect to actually transact with him, make a deal or talk or iron things out, they have no certainty that this guy's going to be around very long. And even if he is, I don't think he's got much trust in this uh, league of G20. So it's really hard to say how he can function as a compromised candidate because the truth is coming out. The loan that got the deal going two years ago through this Russian bank that's sanctioned by the U.S. and the Deutsche Bank, and they raided them today. And, you know, the hammer is to come down. And, well, tomorrow there's more stuff with Manafort. And so I want to leave a little space to see what tomorrow will bring and re-enhance some of the points from tonight that are fluid. For instance, this uh, Whitaker guy put in by Trump as the new acting attorney general, uh, in, you know, over tradition and 
the way it's supposed to go and Rob Rosenstein, who's there to fill the job. Well, so he hasn't been able to meddle, it seems like, because he's still embroiled in his own ethics unraveling and what he can and can't do. So it's like the guy can see stuff, but he can't meddle, call things off. Rosenstein is still doing that. And that's another one of the things that's infuriating Trump. Now, the last thing before we cut till tomorrow's edition is that in some of this reporting, it comes out that to sweeten this deal up until 2016, Trump was still working on, they were going to give Vladimir Putin the um, $50 million penthouse in the new Trump Tower. And that whole Trump Tower New York meeting with the Russians that they claim was adopting babies and stuff was really part of the influence and operation by the Kremlin to reel in Trump because they decided that they could help make this guy they had on the line, the President of the United States, and have something over him. They'd trade that any day for a penthouse in Trump Tower. And our new tradition of starting half and half has led to a benefit, and I mean that in the most sincere way. Tonight, as I was preparing to lay this down, the word came across the wire that George H. W. Bush had died. Now, he was 94, and it was uh, not unexpected He lost the love of his life. They were married 73 years, Barbara Bush, and I tweeted about her because I never gave her her due. I never studied her life in depth enough to understand that she accompanied this man through his life on a mission of service, and it's really one of the great American stories. Wife of, mother of, United States presidents, that's... That's pretty impressive. Now, George H.W. Bush is a very interesting character. And certainly the model of how a man, a president, a public servant should comport himself. And to me, it's just on the cusp of unfortunate. You know, I don't... I don't pretend to believe that conducting United States foreign policy through the years has been a flawless masterpiece or a success. I just believe that we do our best and we face these challenges with presidents that possess character and a strong moral compass. And in George H.W. Bush... 
we certainly had that. So that one thing is that H.W. was a company man. And I'm watching all this. Well, we're going to talk about it. The Russian collusion and what's going on with all that. But basically, you know, they're doing something, uh, running influence operations, and the uh, Russian secret police where Vladimir Putin comes from, they say once you're a member of that, you're always a member, you don't get out. But that's the same for our CIA or the Boy Scouts, for all that matters. I still think of myself as a Boy Scout. I was, and I support and understand and relate. So... I'm a former Toastmaster, and I'll always claim it, even though it was a less than spectacular career. And all the other things, you know, people, uh, Tupperware salesmen, or people like to belong to things, and the more things you belong to, the more unity you bring to all things, the more connectedness, the more trust that's served up. And that's what was indicative of H.W. Bush, People trusted him because he'd been there forever. They knew him, and they knew he was a decent human being. World leaders, you know, they could deal with that. That's uh, part of what's missing now. So do we ever know the whole story? Of course not. Our government's involvement in things is uh, some things we probably will never know. It's just, for me, in the historical record, and there's JFK. And if you've listened to me at all, you know that I was a big fan of his flawed, courageous manner. And, you know, I say flawed on the heavy side because he sure was. And him and George H.W. Bush were World War II survivors of being shot down and sunk and my goodness you know these were the last great and in that span between these men there was a lot of history and um we'll check out what's happening today i thought today would be heavy on paul manafort and how he had this plea agreement with robert Mueller and the investigation, and then he was feeding information back to Trump's lawyers, and that's just wrong. But the more interesting stuff came, and leaked, not leaks, they're extensions of what will possibly happen next Tuesday with Michael Flynn. It's something to do with the sentencing, and please believe me, I can't follow it to my own satisfaction. But uh, there's this woman who was a former prosecutor, Joyce Vance, and she's a pundit on some of the shows, and I like people that know what they're talking about. And she tweeted out a picture today. She was in the court, and when it took a picture of herself, when it dawned on her that Robert Mueller was preparing to lay down the royal flush, and that really speaks volumes. So as it pertains to Mike Flynn, a decorated soldier you don't want to see fall, but he was doing stuff with the Russians that they have just nailed down. 
to relieve sanctions and all these things that are, well, inadmissible or whatever. You can go to treasonous, you can say just dead wrong. But they knew better. And there's more dealings with building a Trump Tower and getting financing from a bank that needs sanctions lifted. Wow. And we remember that a lot of these charges are perjury. They're lying to investigators and senators about his conversations with the Russians and what was actually going on. And See, everybody's on the same script. They've all told the same lies. And one by one, they're going to be indicted and going to put us into a really tough patch. Well, welcome back again. You know, this is the 33rd show, and I've gained some insights through these shows And, you know, 33 is a big number, like George Washington was a 33rd degree Mason. And it's like, in some circles, the number of completion. Three threes or nine. Nine is the biggest number before you step up to double digits. And there's all all sorts of numerical significance and uh, deeper meaning. But 33 is a pretty well, well-worn number. And out of all of that, what I take away is that it's nice to put this show together in three segments, three segments that make up a larger show. I've done it always. You know, I've done it one straight shot for half an hour, straight shots for 15 minutes, and dividing all that up. And It depends on the flow of information. I mean, there's just so much to pay attention to in this world and so much to do, so many wrongs to right and all sorts of other great stuff that we need to pay attention to. And I want to close tonight on something magical. It's Saturday Night Live, and I watched tonight, and in the end, the female cast members sang a thing of uh, All I Need is Muller for Christmas. And, you know, the individual lines, I just need an end to it. I'm happy that it seems from all outward appearances that the center has held and right has triumphed over what would be a subversion of justice. It's very hard to take, and we've all taken it differently. And I was just heartened to see how Saturday Night Live deals with the whole pain of it all. But we'll keep going. We'll keep doing this show. We'll keep trying to make sense of it all. And for now, thank goodness... The center has held. The center has held.